I'm John. I'm Chris. I'm Brad. And I'm Mark. And we are the In the Pattern Podcast. All right, welcome to episode 54 of the In the Pattern Podcast. This is Chris. Uh, along with me this evening, I've got uh, Brad, John, and Mark. The whole gang's here. How you guys doing? Who are you guys again? Ooh, huh, huh. <laughs> Bunch of strangers. Yeah. I just logged into Skype and all of a sudden this started happening. Ah. <laughs> it's like spam email. You can't get rid of it. No, no you can't. <laughs> so this should be uh, hitting the feed sometime in October. Ah, that, well, well, we'll try and put it out. It's a race. <laughs> the well, day, Osh, day before or this Osh. episode drop. There you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah, we've got... Uh, Got one in the can, and uh, we're going to knock this one out, and, and John's going to get them put away for us. You know how yeah. it works. Get two back on back order, and then I'm, uh, I'm, I'll push it out. There you go. Also, he, he works good under pressure. Yep. <laughs> we're under the, the impending Osh <laughs> shenanigans. Oh. That, that's coming up, huh? Is it, yeah. Yeah, it is. What's that like? Today's the 20th. Two months. Today's May 27th. Less than two months. Actually, in two yes. months... I'm going to be home after Osh. Oh. Because yeah, Osh is early this year. It, yes. and it ends on the 26th. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Is, 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 let me look. Is it 26th the Sunday? Yeah. Um, yes, it is. Because my mom's birthday is the 27th. And yeah, for once, I'm actually going to be home for her birthday. Oh. I know. Such a good boy. No, I'm not. I go away on a birthday every year. Yeah. And you, <laughs> well, and that you, is a good boy. <laughs> Uh well here we are episode uh, fifty four it's been a while we've been having some scheduling conflicts and uh, and so forth but uh, we're back together again unfortunately most of us including myself hasn't seen the inside of an airplane uh, as at least as pilot and control for quite some time but luckily we have Brad who we can always count on to uh, to do some flying and tell us how awesome it is and. Tell us why we should still be in, inside the uh, cockpit and doing it ourselves and committing aviation from to time, from time to time, I should say. I th- I think it's just proof that flying clubs are the way to go. They are, man. Because the one guy in the flying club is the one who's actually flying. Yeah. Well, well I pay I pay my monthly dues See? whether I fly or not, so <laughs> I gotta take yeah, advantage of it. Exactly. I, if I, I don't get my three hours a month in, at least I'm not even breaking even. Yeah, that's what that's what was just coming to my mind. I was like, "Well, you're paying for it, you know. It gives you a good uh, incentive to uh, just go do it." And it's not that you're paying for it; it's that you're paying enough for it to make it an incentive. Well, I'm paying. Yeah, I have monthly dues. Because so. my monthly dues when I was in the club was thirty bucks, and that was like uh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, this this is not thirty. Yeah, you know, <laughs> if you're paying enough, it's like, oh wait, I actually need to use that. There was a um, there was a buy-in too, right, Brad? Yes. Yeah. Yep. You have to buy a share. Um, most of my scene do it, I guess. Yeah, which is a which is a fairly big pile of capital, which you get back if you can if you know you sell it out. Yeah. So. 
yeah, it's not like they just take your money and run, uh, you know, the next, you, you can sell it to someone or, or they refund it. Do they just refund it if you just leave um, or do you have to find a buyer? You, if you just leave, it will go against your monthly dues until it's gone and then you're out. Oh, okay. But you can't fly until you're back up, you know, your monthly dues are back up. So, mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, cool. Well, yeah, I, I, what have, I went flying with uh, Franz one time. Uh, we did a little night flight over to uh, uh, Chandler, um, just like the, a night, the night before he was gonna planning on planning on flying over there to pick up a uh, customer because um, they were gonna go down to that Indy Motorsports. He's been going down there quite a bit for different uh, Ariel Adam uh, track day events and stuff. So. He goes and picks up some uh, customers from time to time and and takes them down there with him and uh, which is you know one of the whole reasons why I got that plane. Um, so he hadn't flown over to Chandler and wanted to know if I wanted to go. I was like, sure, I've been over there a bunch of times. So we flew over there and back, and that was a whole thirty minutes. So <laughs> didn't take long, but a uh, good time nonetheless. I just need to do more of it. I've a uh, I just my my side work has had just slowed up to uh or just so much just dried up big time um like ever since christmas uh december 28th was the last time i've actually flown uh and i did that flight up to sedona with some friends for breakfast and that was it and ever since then just like my side work's kind of slowed up so like the promise i made to my wife uh i don't fly unless i got uh money in my pocket from doing my side work so there you have it and i've since in the last couple of months, uh, finally I've had some work and been able to, um, what do you call it, uh, refund uh, the uh, flying fund, but also some of that has to go towards Oshkosh expenses and so forth. So I can't uh, go spend it all on flying. So I am going to get at least a couple of flights in in the Mooney before we take off to Oshkosh, because as you know, Franz and I are, will be flying the uh, Mooney out there. And so I want to make sure that uh, at least I'm. Uh, you know, comfortable in the plane and he's comfortable with me at the controls while he's in the plane as well. Nice. That will be fun. Yeah. Get used to uh gear out 90 knots. Um, no flaps, get all the power settings and all that stuff set up so that you just know how to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the good, good thing is, I guess, is that just the other day he uh, finally was able to get the mineral oil out of uh, the uh, engine from the uh, cylinder Woo-hoo! replacement. So, um, does everybody know what that means we can do now? Pattern Lots work. of things. That's right, pattern work. We can do touch and goes. Um, because we weren't allowed to do that. We were only allowed to do, you know, longer flights here to there and land, and that's it. Um, so, so that'll be good um, because I didn't know how much of that, you know, I figured I might only get like two flights in and two or two landings before we'd get to go. At least now I can do like a little cross-country and get used to you know, the normal, you know, pattern maneuver, or not pattern maneuvers, but just normal, you know, pilot maneuvers uh, out in the open, as well as being able to uh, uh, work within the pattern a little bit before we take off. So that'll be good. And that, I think, uh, what are we looking at? Well, big time. Well, things are finally slowing up for me after this weekend. My daughter's getting married on Friday. So it's, it's been, yeah, it's been going nuts here up, and, up until last, uh, last few, <laughs> last few weeks has been crazy. We got, we've had people over at the house, uh, 
all over the place. And you don't have money for flying? Yeah, can you imagine that? (laughs) (laughs) Um, They've, um, yeah, we've got uh, family and friends and everybody's like over here at parties making centerpieces and this and that. So anyways, tomorrow's the rehearsal dinner, Friday's the wedding, then they take off for Jamaica on Saturday for their uh, honeymoon. Uh, my daughter just got uh, scuba certified like day before yesterday because they want to go scuba oh, diving. Oh yeah, yeah, that's nice. a lot of fun. That's fun. Or, uh, just just make sure you know scuba dive twenty four hours then fly home. Yes. Well, just check your charts. <laughs> yeah, uh, Corey, uh, Christina's uh, fiance was already scuba certified and so forth. So they're like, he's like, yeah, when we go over there, we're going to do some scuba diving and. So she's like, okay, nothing like waiting till the week before you leave to get to get it taken care of. But yeah, you can do it while you're down there. Yeah, well, not exactly how you want to spend your vacation. Yeah, yeah. So that'll be cool. And uh, we got uh, Oshkosh coming up. Lots of planning going on for that. I, it sounds like uh, you know we'll all be down there again. Mark's uh, going to make a valiant effort to uh, do a return trip, right, Mark? Trying. Yeah, yeah. Trying, trying. Brad's Brad's got the uh the limousine uh with the propeller on the front of it ready to go. Yeah, I've got the uh <laughs> the flying minivan. <laughs> I've uh do you take uh, any of the seats out um when you when you come down usually just to get rid of weight and make room for luggage, not that you need it, but cuz you're only, you know, just a couple of you, but You know, I I haven't done an overnight trip in the 6 yet. Oh, because you took the Mooney uh, last time. I've taken no. We took the Arrow the last. Oh, time. Oh, Arrow, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, the Mooney was down last time. You were going to take the Mooney, prop strike or something, right, or wingtip something or other. Is that yeah, right? I think the Mooney was out of service at the time anyway, and um, uh, and the Arrow is just it has such a it, it has a higher gross weight. I can carry more stuff, and it, and it holds a lot more stuff in the luggage compartment. The baggage compartment in the back, and it's. I wouldn't do the Mooney if it was more than just me and one other person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, with with bags, there's just. Oh yeah. You know, you get like. You know, a I'm not, small backpack. I'm not sure what I'm not sure what you put in that luggage compartment on a Mooney. It uh, literally like two backpacks and it's full. Case of beer. Yeah. I, mean, I can totally. Yeah, I can bring. Um, Two sets of golf clubs in the arrow. Mm-hmm. I can't fit a golf club without the, <laughs> without the bag. I cannot fit one golf club. In. Yeah, yeah. Well, awkwardly positioned in the back seat, maybe. Yeah, it's it's a messy it's a messy thing. And <laughs> between between me and Mark in the Mooney, we would not have been able to bring fuel. <laughs> I mean, just wouldn't work. Plus, the two of us in the front seat of the Mooney would be hilarious. Yeah, that would have that would have been. We would have had nothing. <laughs> I mean, we we couldn't fill up the tanks in the Arrow, but eek. anywho, the six will be fun. There's plenty of room. You nice. can bring whatever you want. So I will be uh, very jealous of all of you. As yet again, I'll be driving in. Man. I thought you were going to try to fly it. So, so when you come meet us, you're going to have to make multiple trips if <laughs> my plans follow through. 
Well, you know, I got the hatchback now, so I got a little more room. <laughs> well, so here's the here's the thing. The uh, the six can park in vintage. Oh, sweet! That's oh, a way closer. Totally do that. <laughs> <laughs> Which means that after hours, you know, hopefully we can get like the flying high coffee golf cart or something, and and sweet. move stuff that way. I mean, even still, that's not that's not that bad of a trip. I mean, at least you can leave the stuff on the plane and then come back and hang out for a while. And then we could, you know, if worst case scenario, we can get an army and just walk it all back. Exactly. It's not like there won't be people there. It's that far. Exactly. So, no, that's that's nice. Well, I'll still have the hatchback, so. <laughs> but you can't bring it to vintage. Right now, I can't. <clears throat> well, no. No. No, there's not even a gate we could throw stuff through or. No, there is. Depends on where you are. I guess we can throw um, stuff over the fence. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there is that one gate right there, but it's only going to buy you a couple blocks. <laughs> exactly. No, I'm. I wish I could fly in this year. Yeah, you know, I, I talked about it again, but there, there's just no way we can afford to to drop cash on that right now because it's like fifteen hundred, you know, a grand a piece just to do it. Um, whereas right now it's you know two hundred bucks each to drive up there. So, and we can so bring a lot more to gear. Indiana and then open airplane from there. So, you know, I, this thought has already crossed my mind and trust me, I, <laughs> I'm trying. Um, I'm I was have looking to take at, like all of you guys in the six and we can just go out and fly the approach. Yeah. I might have to do that. <laughs> That'd be a blast. Get some video of it. That'd be really cool. So, so open airplane though. No. I did think about it in Cleveland. But it was, wasn't much cheaper at all, which was sad. Well, do, you know, Chicago. Yeah, the problem is that I'd have to do the whole checkout. And it makes more sense for me to do that if I'm going to do it later in the year when it's closer on my BFR. And I really don't have any extra cash to drop on Osh. It's going to be hard enough, you know, tough enough getting up there. We talked about maybe 17. Dude, I thought you were buying a plane. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, about that. That's not going to happen anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> Funny things happen when you get married. All can of I a sudden, say, there's no money. Can I say I told you so? Don't I did buy a car. So. Can we all? <laughs> so I adamant about car. the fact, I'm getting married, we're getting a house, I'm getting a plane. Yeah. No, we know. Slow yeah, down it. there, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, married life. One of these days. One of these days. Yeah. Like in 20 years. There you go. Hey, um, while I got you guys real quick, um, I've got a guest ready to jump on. Cool. All right. No way. How about that? Hold on just a second. I'm going to bring him in. Matt? Yeah, hi. There he is. <laughs> it's working finally. Technology. Yeah, it seems to be cool. <laughs> Amazing, eh? <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for coming on, guys. This is uh, Matt Dearden, um, a.k.a. Indio Pilot on uh, Twitter. Hey, Matt. Welcome. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, hi, guys. And uh, I've uh, I've been chatting with uh, Matt a little bit uh, um, in the last couple of months, trying to uh, get him on with us because he's got a pretty good, uh, pretty interesting aviation story, and I wanted him to kind of share it. Um, 
I just to kind of give everyone a little background, and I and I shared a little email earlier to you guys. Um, Matt does some really cool uh, bush bush flying uh, in um, in Indonesia, uh, where that's where you get the Indio pilot name, I guess, right, Matt? Yeah, that's the one. It's actually Indo pilot. Indo pilot, um, yeah. So yeah, I've been out here nearly six years now. Wow. And I. Um, didn't realize that I had you as one of my uh, Twitter friends for so long. I, I was just one day uh, watching some different YouTube stuff, and I came across a uh, a documentary called "Worst Place to Be a Pilot," and uh, it was some really uh, cool, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> some really cool uh, bush uh, bush pilot flying. And uh, and I was talking to somebody, and they go, "Well, hey, you know, Indio pilots the pi- one of the pilots that's in that." I'm like, "Get out of here!" So uh, I said, "I got to get a hold of him, see if he'd be." Uh, able to uh, get on the uh, podcast with us. I know we got quite the um, uh, time change uh, uh, or time difference uh, working about. It's, uh, what, 10 or 11 o'clock at night there? Or no, uh, it's later morning, than that. Sorry, no, yeah, I mean in the I, morning. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's it. So just coming up 11 o'clock in the, <laughs> in the morning here. So, yeah, so I didn't know if we'd be able to work this out because uh, Matt may have to uh, jump off here real quick, you know, uh, while we're on the call and stuff uh, in order to uh, go fly. Imagine that, <laughs> being called away to actually go Fan- fly. Fancy that. <laughs> <laughs> so, Matt, just uh, just uh, kind of and, – and then yeah, I know I know you got some other uh, flying other than this that you've been doing recently that I want to hear about. But uh, tell us how you got in, involved with this uh, this bush fl- uh, this bush flying that you're doing over there. Um, yeah, okay. I mean, it's I mean, kind of accidental in a way. Um, not accidental. I became a pilot because that's <laughs> what I wanted to do. Um, but um, yeah, I sort of heard about this job. Well, obviously, quite a few years ago now, when I was living back in UK after I'd finished my commercial training. Um, mainly because there was just no jobs in Europe. So, um, you know, I sort of applied and uh, got an interview and eventually ended up out here in Indonesia. And, um, yeah, I haven't really looked back, to be honest. It's uh, been a bit of a life changer. Um, you know, I sort of thought I might get into sort of 7.3s, Airbuses, you know, sort of big stuff. But, uh, you know, having sort of tasted the uh, the bush flying, it's, it's I just love it, eh? So it's, uh, I don't think I could really go on to anything else at the moment. It's, uh, yeah, it's just awesome. You've got some terrain and just views unlike anybody else. I, I, I would yeah, I'd I fall mean, in love with it too. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing. I mean, when I started out in Indonesia, I was obviously on the caravans as, as a co-pilot. But uh, as part of my kind of tours of duty as a co-pilot, we sort of moved around the country. And it wasn't until I got uh, out to the area I'm in now called Papua, which is uh, the New Guinea island just north of Australia. Um, and it's just this huge mountainous wilderness. Um, very untouched, really, and the majority of it. So, you know, we're just flying over all this pristine jungle and mountains. I mean, there's even snow on like a couple of the peaks. It's just absolutely stunning. And um, and obviously, I get to fly the Pilatus Porto, which is just the ultimate aircraft for uh, for this kind of terrain. It's yeah, it's it's it'd be impossible to walk away from, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that Pilatus. It's uh, one of my favorite planes. Talk about uh, you know. It's the perfect uh, airplane for that kind of uh, role that you're doing out there. What's uh, what, tell us about some of the the those unimproved, <laughs> if you want to call them runways or dirt strips or I don't know what you call them. I've seen you land on some of them. And I'm like going, wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
also the Pilatus is, is pretty much the only aircraft to do that kind of stuff, really. Um, you know, it's, it's been around since, I think it was the late 50s it came into production, um, and it hasn't changed a lot, really, um, other than, you know, it's the engine and the avionics uh, have been tweaked a little bit over the years. But so, yeah, I mean, the places we're taking that thing, it's, uh, you know, it's almost beyond what the, you know, the manual says we can do with it. Um, you know, we're taking it into a couple of hundred meters worth of airstrip. I mean, what's that? It's about 600 feet um, <laughs> in, into, um, yeah, strips that are high elevations, seven, 8,000 feet high. Um, some of them with some serious slopes on it after sort of 30% gradient, which is ridiculous. It's like landing on a wall. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it's just, it's, it's just freaking awesome. <laughs> Thank goodness for that uh, reverse prop. <laughs> Uh, um, oh, heck, I mean, not only it's got the reverse, um, but it's got the sort of unique ability to do uh, the beta pitch whilst it's flying. There you go. So you can engage, you can stick the uh, the prop into beta whilst you're in the air, which will give you a, an incredible rate of descent. So if you, you know, you've got to dive down into a sort of little valley there or something with a whole lot of cloud, just sort of cap in the top, you can find a tiny little hole and just, you know, put the thing on its nose basically and drop down through the hole into the valley and, uh, and get the job done. It's uh, yeah, it's such a perfect plane for it. That's amazing. Yeah, um, yeah, your connection's cutting in and out just a tad. Um, you know, forgive him for that. He's he's in a he's in a third world country with not the best uh, internet connection, but uh, we appreciate you uh, making it on with us. Um, so last last month you uh, went back to the UK to get type rated in a different kind of an airplane. Yeah, um, that's been something I've been kind of looking at for quite a few years um, as a sort of prospect. Um, yeah, it's the uh, consolidated uh, Catalina, the flying boat. Um, it's Amazing. a group that's been running in. It's it's been running UK for quite a few years. This group, um, but it's it's sort of a part ownership deal. So there's 20 of us who own the aircraft. Um, and yeah, I sort of got myself into a fortune position now that I could afford to uh, to make that investment. And, so uh, so you're a part yeah, owner. So, you're yeah, I part own that aircraft. <laughs> All right, guys, this wow. guy's a part owner in a PBY Catalina. Get That's out of here. That's awesome. That's fun. <laughs> Don't tell my wife that. She'll be jealous. <laughs> it's, wow. Uh, yeah, it's a sort of a pinch myself moment, really, when uh, when I sort of got up to it and everything. And um, That's yeah, a, I mean, that's it's, a little it's different a proper, kind of it's a, different kind of flying club, I yeah, suppose. <laughs> it is, I guess, really. And it's also very different to the day job, you know. I mean, a lot of guys, they'll sort of, you know, they'll go fly a big plane and then have a small plane as a toy. Was I kind of gone around the other way, really? My day job's a little plane, and <laughs> the toy's the big plane. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's just warbirds, man. I love old things, old planes, old cars, um, and it's an opportunity I've been kind of looking at for a while. And yeah, it's uh, I'm really excited about it. Eh? It's um, you know we do, we do air shows with it all year um, throughout the summer season in Europe, and um, so yeah, every time I go back to UK now, I'm uh, you know, going to hop in there and do a show or two. So nice. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, I was wondering why. I was, I was like amazed that you were getting type rated in it. First of all, you're like, you know, first I'm thinking, why? I mean, of course, awesome, but what would be the need, you know? Um, and then I was like, I'm trying to figure out how, if if someone's asking you to get in this because you need to move cargo or something, and there's not a better option <laughs> or what the deal is, but that's that's amazing. 
Yeah, I mean, it really is purely just a sort of a toy, really. Um, but obviously, you know, we, we do the air shows with it um, all around Europe, actually. Um, and occasionally we do some charters. Uh, in fact, I know this year it's going up to Greenland and it's uh, going to be doing a, a whole lot of projects over there with uh, some college who's chartered it. Um, sadly, I've joined the group a little too late to get in on that one. But um, yeah, I mean, it's also obviously it's the boat so we can we can land it on water. So uh, I'm going to be doing the water rating in September. Awesome. Uh, we'll do that in France. So um, yeah, it's it's just really cool. <laughs> well, I I it would be lying if I didn't say I envy all of that. That sounds fantastic. Um, I was wondering. So, what's uh, the airspace like? I imagine there's not a ton of aviation in uh, Indonesia where you're flying, and you know what is going on is similar to what you're doing. So you probably don't have any kind of congestion for the most part, unless you're getting into whatever major cities there may be around there. Um, but uh, so uh, you're just kind of on your own, right? It's, you don't have tons of GPS landmarks yeah. and this and that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty much certainly where I am in Papua. It's, it's all pretty much open airspace. Um, there's a little bit around, obviously, as you say, the, the bigger kind of airports of which there's sort of four or five of them dotted around the island, um, which they'll connect into the bigger cities with the seven threes and that sort of thing. But outside of that, you know, the mountains is just, it's an open kind of playground really for us. Um, and yeah, with the GPS side of it, that's pretty much all the airstrips are what we call GPS waypoints, you know, which we've programmed into the uh, to the thing so we can go and find these places. But occasionally, you know, we're sort of going to strips that aren't in the database, which no one has any coordinates for. It's just sort of, oh yeah, it's near this airstrip. It's just sort of in the next valley over and a little bit sort of north and you should <laughs> find it all right. Um, and so, yeah, sometimes you're going out there trying to find these places. Um, it's like, okay, I think that's the one. And sometimes you get some dicky coordinates and you go overhead and it's like, oh, there's no airstrip here at all. And then you sort of wander around and oh, there's one here. So I'll land there. And then you land there and you ask the people, is this the right place? They're like, oh, no, no, no. You want to go there? Oh, okay. <laughs> so then uh, off you go to the next one. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's sort of another world, really. It's uh, 11 a. So you, you work for a company all over there called uh, Susie Air, is that right? Yes, yeah, Susie Air is the, uh, is the company. Yeah, we, uh, it's quite sizable. There's about nearly 50 aircraft in the fleet. Uh, most of them are the Cessna Caravan, um, mm-hmm. which they use all over the country, including Papua. And then we got, um, I think it's eight or nine Pilatus Porters, which pretty much exclusively used in Papua, uh, just because it's that type of aircraft, really. Although we got a couple up in Borneo as well. Um, and it kind of just, it does all the stuff that the caravans just can't quite do. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the little crate, the little crazy strips. <laughs> Susie's got a very interesting story. I mean, it's this, it's this little lady and she started off with just kind of one airplane or something or how would you explain that? Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, Susie basically started, um, I'm trying to think how many years ago it was now. It must've been about 10 years, 10 years ago or so. Um, yeah, somewhere around the Boxing Day tsunami, actually, before that one. So I can't remember when exactly that was now. But, um, yeah, she started off uh, as, as in fisheries, That's uh, and she still does. That's uh, that's still her sort of initial business. And um, in order to sort of get the fishes from the, um, or the lobsters even, from uh, the sort of coastal town where she was uh, into the main city of Jakarta, uh, her husband at the time was uh, a, a German guy who was obviously a pilot as well. And he said, well, why don't we buy an airplane? Then we can fly, you know, get the fish in there nice and fresh as opposed to the 10-hour road journey. We can get it there in an hour with an airplane and, you know, be on people's dinner plates nice and fresh. So that's what they did. 
um, and that worked out really well. So they bought a second plane, um, and then yeah, as I said, this, uh, the Boxing Day tsunami um, hit northern Sumatra, um, and so they sent the planes up there to go and help with the relief aid. Um, I think they were sort of the first planes in, really, to some of these kind of broken up airstrips. And um, following on from that, they started to get a lot of contracts up in Sumatra, and it sort of snowballed from there, really, um, throughout the entire Indonesian archipelago. That's incredible. She's got an incredible story. I, you move a lot of these um, um, indigenous people from place to place, right? Like, yeah. Um, and, and they don't, I can't imagine of... they have any money. <laughs> so how does that work? Yeah. What it is, is, um, the majority of, of the sort of the people flying that we do, it's, uh, it's government subsidized. The Indonesian government puts a lot of money into the sort of infrastructure of, of Papua where we fly, um, just because there are no roads or anything here. So, and obviously it's, 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 um, think what the word is now but it's 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 part of indonesia so in order to sort of help these people out they're sort of sending in the uh they're, they're paying for us basically to, to fly them around and, and link their little villages into the sort of bigger towns so they can go to the doctors go to the schools oh, sorry they go to the doctors they can go to schools um and visit family and friends go to the markets and sell some of their stuff and so yeah that's how it's all sort of funded really so these people yeah as you say they don't have any money really um, so the government's sort of helping them out, really. I see. Yeah, when I was watching uh, some of the... Uh, the uh, now, let me ask you this. Is there any more than four episodes? No, sadly, it's, it's just those four episodes is all they actually uh, filmed. Um, but, uh, yeah, they'd love to make a second season, but uh, I think there's some politics going on, which is preventing it, sadly. Mm. Well, I'd, I'd have to say, it, of all the different kinds of aviation shows that are are you know, to supposedly documentaries and stuff, you know, they just get over Hollywooded and stuff. And this is just some real stuff right here. And, uh, I was glued to it and just sad when I was like, Oh really? There's not any, I wore out the internet trying to find more episodes of this thing. And I was just <laughs> thinking that no one ever uploaded them, but I couldn't find anything. So it's, uh, no, sadly, um, that, that was it. Yeah. I get a lot of messages almost every day asking, you know, <laughs> is there any more of you? Is, is there a second season coming along? And it's uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, watch the space. You never know. But uh, yeah, there's there's just some things going on at the moment which is kind of preventing it sadly. But I I know the uh, Channel Four who commissioned it are, are dying to do another season because um, obviously it proven pretty popular. Um, and I think it's actually now showing in the states on Discovery Channel. Okay. Um, but it's uh, it's not called that now. They've they've renamed it to what's. Uh, I see air pressure here. When we were shooting it, which uh, is air, air pressure, yeah. Okay. That's the, uh, that's the original name for it. Okay. Uh, but I don't think it was punch enough for UK audiences, so uh, they uh, <laughs> they changed it in the UK. <laughs> All right. Yeah, the um um watching some of these you know these indigenous people you know get on their plane and they're just like really really nervous. Uh, obviously, I mean. Uh, you know, they see these planes coming in and out of uh, their little villages from time to time and stuff. But the first chance they ever get to put up and one, get put up in one, um, is a little magical for them, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's quite kind of hit and miss, really, because some of them are, yeah, as you say, it's like their first time, and they obviously don't really know. I mean, just the concept of like sitting in seats and things—it's it's an alien concept, and they're usually just sitting on the floor, so. 
you know, sometimes you've just got the cargo out of the plane um, and you still haven't quite put the seats in and they're sort of clamoring in and just sitting on the floor and you have to go, no, 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 get them out and then put the seats in and, and sort of, you know, just show them how to do the basic stuff like that. So it's it's very alien to them. But on the flip side, we've got some sort of frequent flyers in inverted commas who, you know, who know exactly what they're doing and they'll hop in and get their seatbelt on and then they'll start helping out other people. And there you go. It's, uh, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty fun, really. Awesome. Awesome. So you've been you've been doing that for did you say six years? Yeah, it's coming on six years. Uh, in uh, yeah September it'll be six years. So uh, wow. Yeah, I'm not looking to change at the minute. It's uh, it's you know every time I get on that plane it's just yeah you know another adventure is about to mm-hmm. start. So it's well the, yeah the, I just uh, I just can't. No, the, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say the weather that you got to go uh, put up with there sometimes is uh, pretty dangerous to yeah, add, add yeah. to everything it, else. Well, that's it. You know, even if you start doing the same kind of routes, you know, each day, um, you know, the weather changes daily. Um, you know, some days, like today, right now, it's a beautiful blue sky day, and it's like 35 degrees out there. It's really hot. Um, but the day before, it was just heavily overcast, really heavy rain much cooler and yeah i mean bel Air was flying because you just couldn't see anything so <laughs> you can't really land on what you can't see you know there's no ils into uh, into these little strips <laughs> when you got a 600 foot runway you would like not to have uh weather messing with you at, at any point i'm sure yeah yeah it certainly uh, adds to the challenge and yeah that's that's the sort of thing that gets people killed really is when they start messing around with the weather you know there's there's only so far you can go, and if, if you start going into the clouds near the mountains, then, you know, that's recipe for disaster. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's sort of strictly visual for all that kind of stuff. I do, uh, when whenever I go flying, nine times out of ten, I'm in the mountains too, but uh, all of mine's mostly desert, so <laughs> it's uh, not like that at all. Not, no jungle look. It's all pretty much, uh, uh, you know, desert area. Yeah, I mean, mountains are mountains, really. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, obviously, the ones out here are covered in trees and <laughs> all kind of jungly and everything. But you know, it's uh, it's still the same kind of deal when it comes to the, you know the adiabatic winds and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. A lot of sometimes mechanical turbulence and so forth, and mountain waves. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the thing we get a lot of obviously with these airstrips is they are aligned uphill. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, sort of mid mid morning onwards, you know, you've got this adiabatic effect. So, you're just landing with a tailwind all the time. So, not only have you got the really short strip, but you know, you got a 10, 15 knot tailwind just to uh, uh. make life even more interesting. Because <laughs> you've got one way in and one way out. The, yeah, you know, that's it. The that's it. Options for go around aren't very good, probably. Um, for for majority, you're you're committed a reasonable distance out, you know. Um, <laughs> And so, yeah, if something sort of happens at the last minute, then you just have to accept it. And, you know, if a pig runs out, then, you know, you're probably going to hit the pig. <laughs> um, <laughs> is what it is. Call the caterers. Yeah, well, that's uh, it's happened. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've brought you all these supplies and one pig, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. They, uh, sometimes they don't take that too well, to be honest. But yeah, uh, yeah, you know, it is what it is. What it is. <laughs> they weren't planning on eating that pig for some time later, and you, you've already booked. Yeah, it. yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> so you got to be one of uh, one of Susie's uh, longer enlisted pilots. Um, yeah, I guess I am really. I mean, the Pilatus guys tend to hang around a lot longer. Um, I guess just because we kind of love what we do, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, compared to the caravan guys who tend to be 
sort of building up some hours and then going on to the airlines and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And basically, it's just the guys in Papua, caravans and borders, really. Um, we sort of hang around quite a bit longer just because there's nothing else like that anywhere, really. You know, you've obviously seen the, the videos and stuff. So, you know, I guess Alaska is sort of another sort of way of doing bush flying, um, but it's, mm-hmm. it's quite different, really, to what we do. Um, it's similar in some regards, but, um, you know, obviously they got a whole different series of weather and, oh, and yeah. terrain and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, I guess if you sort of get addicted to bush flying, it's uh, there's only so many places you can do it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, before you uh, before you came on, we were uh, talking about uh, Oshkosh. Have you ever had a chance to come to the states and make it to Oshkosh? No, I, honestly, that's been on my list of things to do for such a long time. And again, this year I've been thwarted because um, I've got to go back and fly Catalina. I know there's a small violin playing somewhere about that, but dude, um, I just I just did <laughs> that. Um, bring it. <laughs> I, I just I well, just, you know what? That would be. That would be awesome. I would definitely have a chat with the lads about because uh, it would definitely go over there. I mean, it's got crazy insurance that plane. Mm-hmm. I just uh, I just flew to Catalina in uh, November. Oh right, okay, D- okay. Different Catalina though. Oh okay, yeah, yeah the island, the island. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's that's where the that's where the. He's talking about the PBY, and I'm talking about flying off. to the island of Catalina. <laughs> <laughs> that would be cool. Fly yeah. to Catalina to Catalina. There you go. It'd be well, great. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. That'd be a little bit of fuel. What's what? So what's the fuel burn on that beast? Um, yeah, it depends what you're gonna do with it. Um, if you just get it up in the cruise, um, you know, sort of a, get it onto um, what is it? Uh, auto lean. Then you're looking at about 35 imperial gallons an hour per engine. Um, which I'm not sure <laughs> Times what that four. Is in the US. I think it's. it's <laughs> it's a bit more in US. Yeah. Well, times four point five, and if you want it in liters, I suppose. Oh my gosh. Like yes. Um, and I... then, and obviously, you got the oil on top of that, which is yeah, somewhere around about point seven of an imperial gallon an hour. Mm. Um. So yeah, it's it's a thirsty wee thing, but it's got a massive fuel tanks. You know, you got seven hundred and thirty imperial gallons per side. So, oh wow. You know, you got uh, nearly fifteen hundred imperial gallon capacity, which is about six thousand liters. I think that comes out at something like that. Um, <laughs> so yeah, you you can go a lot. You can go a long way, but uh, yeah, you'll pay for it. <laughs> There's not. Is there a separate oil reservoir? Um, yep, um, yep. Each uh, each engine's got uh, what is it? It's about forty five gallon tank per engine. Okay. For the oil. Wow. <laughs> oh my god. <gosh. laughs> yeah. That's nuts. <laughs> Which, uh, I How guess many gallons per hour does it burn? Cup. Um, it's just it's about 0.7 gallons per hour. Um, <laughs> well, I think at the moment the right engine's going a little more than that for some reason. Which uh, we're changing a couple of cylinders to hopefully uh, alleviate that. You got so I think that one's up at about 1.4, which is a bit high. <laughs> oh wow! You gotta love radial engines. So what what kind of radial? Oh in those? gosh, yeah. Uh, they're the twin wasp, the uh, oh, okay. prime winning twin wasps. Um, wow. So they're 1,200 horsepower each. Mm-hmm. Same ones as the DC3, actually. Exactly the yeah. same engine. Okay. Um, yeah, they, uh, they're monsters, eh? <laughs> and they're right above your head. So oh, yeah. When you, uh, when you power those suckers up on the runway, it's, uh, you can't hear anything else <laughs> for those guys. You know, we've actually got hand signals uh, between the pilots to sort of, you know, once you've got it on full power, one guy's holding the throttles open because there's so much vibration that they start to close up. <laughs> you don't um and then uh, yeah you sort of once you've got a bit of positive rate then it's like you sort of put a signal up for like 
first reduction in power. And then as the gear's going up, you uh, you go for a second reduction to put it into sort of max climb power. And then you can start to hear things again, you know, the intercommons and the radios and that sort of thing. Yeah, your, your best so, noise yeah, awesome. noise canceling headsets having a hard time keeping up, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's it can't compete with those guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like you're like you know, you know I don't know five or six feet away from two of the engines and another that's maybe it. twelve uh, or yeah, fifteen feet it. away from the other two. Oh my yeah. gosh! Oh no, there's there's, uh, there's only two on it. There's only we only got. Oh, that's right. I was thinking that. it was four. Yeah, um, that would be uh, what's that? flying boat? That's the one with the four engines. Oh, okay. All right. Um, I can't remember who makes those, but uh, yeah, that's that's an even that's an even bigger thing. I don't think there's any of those flying, sadly. It's, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, two two of them is just enough, thanks. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't think I could afford four <laughs> of them. <laughs> well, yeah. So we're all uh, planning on uh, going to Oshkosh. Um, we've been um, well. This will be my fifth year in a row. Um, John, it'll be what your sixth. Yeah, it'll be my. Fifth full week, I think. And I think it was my sixth because I went for like two days. I think 2009 was my first year. Mm-hmm. Brad's been going for a little so while too. Six. Yeah. Yeah, this will be six for me. I went. I went to uh, Slashkosh was my first, which was 2010. And Mark's uh, first year was last year. And yep, uh, had a blast. It's the first time we all get to we all got to uh, hang out together at Oshkosh, and uh, while we're there. We uh, stay on site, camp on site, uh, in a place called uh, um, Camp Schaller, and uh, we have our own little spot we call Camp Bacon, and it keeps growing each, each year with friends and friends and friends of, uh, you know, uh, social media here and there, and I think last year there was, I don't know, 30 or, or about 40 of us maybe in our camp spot, but overall, Matt, oh wow, there's there's in excess of over 50,000 people camping just in Camp Schuller. And well, I mean, I've heard the stats about Oshkosh. I mean, it's like the busiest airport in the world, isn't it, for like that week or something? Oh, yeah. By two far. Two weeks, yeah. Two weeks, two weeks, yeah. That's, uh, yeah, that's awesome. Do you guys all fly in, do you? Uh, no, not always, uh, and not all. Uh, this will be my first year uh, that I get to fly in, and I'm flying in with a friend here from uh, Arizona. Brad has flown in several times, and he took Mark last year. And uh, John drives in cool. from uh, the East Coast. Right, right, okay. Yeah, I really, I do have to get over there one day. It's, it's, it's ridiculous because I've sort of got aspirations to go and uh, build a van, uh, an RV8 or something. There you so, go. Uh, you know, Oshkosh is definitely, uh, it's definitely on the uh, on the cards. After you get it built, you just throw it in the back of the PBY and you know, take it to where you want to go fly. <laughs> <laughs> It's it, it's yeah, like it's that, like, that would be right. <laughs> it's like the big RV going down the road, pulling the you know the little the little uh, sedan, yeah, yeah, sedan the Mini Cooper behind it, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you the the UK has uh, a big flying event uh, similar to Oshkosh, right? Well, not really as far as um, camping goes, but just more or less the air show piece, right? Yeah, I mean, we, there's a lot of air shows in the UK. Obviously, you know, we're pretty into the history of it. I mean, not as are you guys, really, um, particularly from the sort of wars and yeah. all the way through um, to kind of modern stuff. So, yeah, we've got plenty of air shows. I mean, Duxford is probably one of the biggest mm-hmm. um, just because it's, I think it's Europe's biggest sort of collection of uh, flyable warbirds, um, which is obviously where the Catalina is as well. 
Um, and actually, yeah, this uh, last weekend there was uh, the VE Day celebrations, um, and there was a huge air show. I was kind of gutted I was out here in the jungle, to be honest. But uh, <laughs> I guess uh, you know I got to earn some pennies to go and pay for the toys. So um, <laughs> yeah, I had to miss out this year. But uh, yeah, Duxford's definitely yeah, one of the bigger ones in uh, in Europe, really. And you've been to, uh, but yeah, been to those to, before. Yeah, yeah, in the past, yeah. Um, not so much now, obviously, with where I am, but. Um, yeah, definitely. It's, it's worth checking out uh, if, if you like your, uh, your, your old plans. Yeah. What's the, um, the real big uh, commercial aviation one that's in, I think it's in France? Um, no, I mean, you've got the Paris Airshow, which is, I think, in next month sometime. But no, I think it's, it's uh, the, what is it, the air tattoo at, um, oh, God, I'm really terrible with these names. <laughs> is it Farmer, I think it is? Yes, one of the that's big what ones? I'm talking about. Yep, I think that's the, Germany. That's the commercial one. I know, that, uh, that's UK. That's uh, UK. Farmer's okay. in UK. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. That's the one I was kind of uh, wondering about, uh, if you've had a chance to go to that. Um, no, no, I haven't actually ever gone along to that one. That's sort of more commercial stuff, I think, yeah. sort of, you know, Airbuses uh, mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. Um, I but I think they got some sort of military stuff too. But mm-hmm. uh, I like the old stuff, so yeah. yeah, I'm not that fussed on the, you know, big new jets. <laughs> or else you'd already be flying them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's exactly it. <laughs> so when, uh, um, how old were you when you got your when you got your ticket? Um. I got it just before my thirty. I was twenty nine when I got the commercial ticket. Um, got the PPL when I was twenty six, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, after got the PPL, obviously was uh, then working up towards the commercial, um, which I did all back in UK, um, funding it through uh, my IT. I uh, used to uh, an IT job uh, straight out of uh, university um, in UK, um, and I was sort of doing that for about four years before I. Re- the 14,000-mile internet connection is not quite what it used to be, or probably more like 25,000. Yeah, I'm sorry. i got to oh. apologize. No problem. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> You're quite some distance away. The internet uh, is doing the best it can. Yeah, to be fair, it's uh, it's holding up better than I thought it would. <laughs> <laughs> it, when he, before he got on, he was like going, this is just voice, right? No video. I'm like, yeah, just voice. Because <laughs> I don't think we're going to be able to do video. <laughs> Well, uh, Matt, uh, yeah, all three, all four of us, I mean, uh, are also in the IT field. It seems to be a common theme among uh, people we know. There's a lot of IT pilots. Yeah, and actually, even out here, you know, there's quite a few guys who are like me, you know, used to be in IT and, you know, kind of got bored for that and uh, and did what I did, really, and uh, changed it around. And, yeah, and then uh, we're out here now. <laughs> it's uh, it's quite different, but, uh, yeah, I, I, could, I, don't re- I don't regret a thing. I... Good for you on taking the leap. And uh, going into kind of the unknown and uh, making a heck of a career out of it. Um, so you, you basically, are you saying as soon as you got your commercial, you kind of headed down that way? Yeah, pretty much. Um, although, as I said, it was sort of almost accidental, really. I didn't ever intend to end up where I am now. Um, you, know, you know, I just intended to be the commercial pilot. Um, but yeah, I mean, this opportunity came along and I took it and... And yeah, it's it's sort of become so much more than I ever thought it would be, and yeah, absolutely no regrets about it. It's uh, just an awesome kind of way to make a living, really. Mm-hmm. How often are you flying a day? I'm sure it varies quite a bit, especially um, with the weather. But it really, 
Yeah, it really does, to be honest. I mean, sometimes I'll be, it also depends on my location. There's certain kind of bases for us which are much busier than other ones. I mean, right now I'm sort of in between them, kind of in quieter areas. But if I get to one of the busy places, then, um, yeah, you can be pumping out sort of 100 hours worth of flying in, in a month, really. You know, doing about five hours flying a day, six days on uh, and one day off each week. Awesome. So how many hours do you think you've got uh, racked up in the books now? Um, gosh, I haven't really looked for a little while. I think it's it's you know, approaching 4,000 hours, I think, something like that. Wow. Um, so, yeah, over uh, over nearly six years. So, yeah, they certainly uh, they work us. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. That is awesome. Um, guys, a- any questions that I haven't covered? I know I've just been here uh, spewing along, just uh, asking one question after another and haven't really gave you guys much chance to jump in there. Yeah, actually, I, I do. Hey, Matt, this is Mark. Hey, Mark. Um, so with the the number of hours that you have right now and the experience that you have, do you have aspirations to move on to bigger bigger things, or are you pretty much happy what you're, with what you're doing? Um, I think, like, the flying is something that I'm never, ever going to get bored with. I mean, it's just, it's so unique, and it's just, it's so much fun. Um, but I think what's getting to me a little more these days is just sort of living out in the third world in the middle of nowhere with, you know, just missing out on a lot of amenities in the sort of the real world, really. Um, so I'm sort of looking at if I'm going to be moving on maybe in the next sort of couple of years, probably onto sort of um, uh, corporate kind of stuff, you know, maybe like a PC-12 uh, or a King Air, something like that. So not something not too big. Uh, and I'd rather stick with turboprops because I think they're just more fun than uh, than jets, certainly at the minute anyway. Um, and then from there, who knows, you know? 100% agree. Both of those planes are some of my most favorite. Love the PC-12 and and uh, and as well the King Air. How about the new? Uh, how about that new Pilatus uh, twin jet? Yeah, well, I mean that's uh, that's definitely on my sort of radar or something one day, you know. Um, I love Pilatus as a company. Um, obviously, I fly out here with the with the plane and, and through that i've made quite a few contacts in apolitis as well you know they send me emails asking for pictures and videos uh, <laughs> i guess for their promotional stuff because oh, yeah. uh, you know we're using their pl- we're using their planes probably beyond what they thought it was going to be used for <laughs> so um yeah and it's just a very cool family company they're really friendly people and you know i've got an open invite to the factory anytime i want to go and check it out cool. um, which again all these things and i've really got to get done someday it's uh, just finding the time to do them mm-hmm your to-do list gets longer and longer all the time. Yeah, it sure does. <laughs> well, I think um, I've covered everything I could think about asking you. I hope to one day be able to uh, meet you in person uh, at uh, Oshkosh for sure. That would be brilliant, Chris. That would, uh, yeah, I would. Uh, it's it's still on my list again as I keep. Well, if you ever do, if you ever get the chance. Yeah, maybe next year. Who knows? We'll uh, keep in touch. Yeah, for sure. Let let us know uh, ahead of time, and we can help you with uh, arrangements and uh, to, you know, camp with us or whatever you need to do. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Um, But uh, anything else, guys, that you can think of? No, man, I think you covered most of my questions (laughs) as I was going through here. So you've been on a roll. I know. But man, no, this is great. I mean, I, I, this is just a uh, incredible what you're doing out there and, um, just some really neat flying. Yeah. Well, thanks. 
Yeah, if you guys haven't had a chance to uh, check out those videos, go watch those four episodes. Uh, you know, you'll 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 probably be itching to go do what Matt's doing on a daily basis. It's incredible. Well, Matt, we uh, uh, wish you you know very safe flying because uh, what you do is a very dangerous thing, and uh, it's uh, one of those things that. Uh, we all would, I think, love to do. It's the type of flying I would like to do. I'd love to become some sort of uh, like a missionary pilot of some sort that flies in the bush and and uh, and does does that sort of thing. And um, so that's one of the reasons why I've been wanting to get on the uh, mic with you and talk with you, uh, you know, in real time instead of just chatting once in a while over Twitter. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, those missionary guys. Um, yeah, they do a heck of a job out here. Um, obviously, I know quite a few of them. Um, you know, you got MAF, which is the big one out here. Here. and yeah they do a great job um, it's awesome organization I've talked to those guys uh, at Oshkosh they have a pretty good sized booth every year yeah yeah I've, uh, I've seen some pictures actually yeah they normally have a Kodiak or something there and, yes um, Kodiak, yeah, so Kodiak on seems floats to be the, yeah I've seen a picture of that that looked a pretty sweet aircraft I have to say mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well uh, I will uh, be chatting with you on uh, Twitter and uh, until uh, next time uh, be safe and uh, thanks for coming on the on the show with us yeah well thanks very much for having me Chris and uh, yeah cheers guys we'll see you later yeah, thanks, thanks a lot. so much thanks bye-bye. Matt cheers bye bye alright that was uh, Matt Dearden everybody uh, aka Indio Pilot I forgot to ask him where uh, you can uh, reach him at but I'll just go ahead and tell everybody real quick um, you can reach him at uh, Indio Pilot. That's at I N D O P I L O T, and uh, name's Matt Dearden. Amazing pilot with uh, some amazing places to fly. And uh, best of luck to him. Hope to get to talk to him again soon. So, any guys, where where were we? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Most of us weren't flying. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, not we're not flying. flying. Or at, or at least, least not, not flying, flying PIC. PIC. How's that? Yeah. A lot of not flying, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah. But uh, the one person who has had a, had a chance to fly, uh, Brad, as usual, you want to catch us up with uh, some of the flights you've been doing? Uh, sure. Well, I missed one. Uh, I, I was wanting to get down to Sun and Fun uh, this year, and it, I just couldn't quite make it work. Uh, the weather up here turned out to be pretty impassable and uh it just i couldn't quite make all the pieces fall into play but i'm definitely going to give it a try for for 2016 and i and i think i should be able to make that work um in a uh, beyond that you know i i i did manage to get up and and get seven approaches and a hold in uh in record time i think in two hours i did i did seven approaches and a hold uh, I would have done six in a hold, but they couldn't accommodate us on the hold. Uh, air traffic control was so busy. It was like the first flyable day that had IFR where we could go into it and not have to worry about ice. Mm. And everybody with an instrument rating was up. <laughs> it, it was just, it was ridiculous. Wow. There were, you know, f- really five minute stretches where we couldn't talk to air traffic control. Wow. Um, and we're just like, okay, well, we're just going to keep motoring on in this direction for a while. And eventually it all worked out. Um, and uh, I actually felt pretty competent about it. I, I did I did everything except NDB. Uh, I did VOR, ILS, um, 
GPS in four different airports. I, like I said, I managed seven approaches and, and finally, um, I got the hold on the last one because it was the hold that you have to fly to initiate the approach. And that was the only way that they could squeeze us in. Um, and, uh, once again, managed to need to do a go around in the Mooney. Uh, it was on the short runway at, at Crystal, which is 2,300 feet. And I just didn't get the speed down fast enough. And uh, I was doing a circle to land approach. So you come in pointed perpendicular to the runway at 600 feet AGL, and then you have to fly the pattern at 600 feet AGL or an approximation of the pattern at 608 GL staying very close to the to the runway and then drop the plane um, down onto the runway and and all of that combined with the short runway just made for a go around and and uh, fly the pattern at normal height and, and do it all that way and that worked out just fine so is that just kind of like a uh, power off teardrop onto the number sort of thing or yeah, it is. And so when when you're flying an instrument procedure uh, and there's low clouds at the airport and the wind does not favor the the direction that your procedure is going to bring you in. So all of the procedures, I should say all, both of the procedures that can get you into crystal will bring you in from the north or the northwest. And if, so if the wind is out of the north, that means you're going to have to circle around to the other side of the airport and land. And when you're doing this simulated and um, we did have clouds, but they weren't down to 600 feet above the ground. Um, you, you have to break out, keep the airport in sight, fly, fly to the runway and land without, um, without losing sight of the runway. Uh, and you're doing this all at this oddball height um, just to, to try to get in. And there's a lot of restrictions on what side of the airport you can go to or, uh, which which runways you can land on doing circling approaches. Um, there's a lot of details that go along with it. Um, and, and so it really keeps you on your toes, uh, just trying to keep all this stuff in your head. Um, but but I managed, uh, and I like I said, I actually I didn't, didn't just manage, I actually felt fairly proficient at doing it, which, which was great. And I got all my instrument proficiency up, so, you know, I'm legal to fly IFR and, uh, and all of those good things. Uh, that was a lot of fun. And then uh, I took a friend uh, who, who brought a dog with, and uh, we went flying over to Wisconsin for a, a true $100 hamburger. Um, and uh, uh, then flew up to a, a grass strip and just kind of wanted to see how the dog would handle it and, and wanted to show kind of what general aviation looks like. Uh, and that was a lot of fun, uh, especially when we came back home. So I flew back into Crystal, and this is a person who'd only been in a in a little airplane one time. Uh, we're coming back into Crystal, and uh, it was a busy day. There were a bunch of pl- airplanes in the pattern, uh, including a, a Piper Seminole, which is a twin. And uh, we got cleared for... We were both on the same side of the airport, roughly north or northwest of the field, and we got cleared to do parallel approaches to the two parallel runways, uh, 3-2 left and 3-2 right. I got right downwind for 3-2 right, and they were given left downwind for 3-2 left. So that means that the airport's off to my right, right? I'm going to make all right turns and, and land on the right side airport, uh, right side runway, and they're going to make all left turns and land on the left side of the airport. I'm dinking along on my downwind, and I'm watching them fly... 
across my nose, just a couple thousand feet ahead of me, to my right, which they should never be. Um, you know, they're they're now on the right side of the airport, which is my side, and clearly they. In, in spite of me hearing them get the clearance and them reading back the clearance for, for the left runway, they are now setting up for the right side runway and have just cut me off uh, in the pattern. So, okay, uh, the tower sees this also and calls me up and says, hey, um, we'll call your base. Just keep flying downwind for a while. And so this guy f- goes down, goes flies like a three-mile pattern, gets way out to his base, turns in, flies in, uh, flies on final. When he's on a short final, just a maybe 150, 200 feet off the ground, the tower calls him up and says, hey, you know, we cleared you for 3-2 left, but seeing as you're lined up for 3-2 right, why don't you just land there instead? Um, <laughs> and I'm already on final mm-hmm. behind him. So I'm two miles, three miles back on final because of my extended downwind that that the tower gave me. And now I'm waiting for them to land and get off of the runway uh, so that I can use it again. They, they won't give me my landing clearance until these guys are actually off of the runway. Uh, so, you know, we're waiting and waiting and, you know, getting closer and closer. My passenger is like, what the heck is going on? I'm explaining, you know, the, the guy in that plane ahead of us couldn't tell left from right. And the tower controller just does not want to write, write it up. They don't want to write a violation on this guy. Uh, despite the fact that he flew on the wrong side of the airport and was just about to land on the wrong runway. They just cleared him to land on that runway, too. Um, And uh, so they got out of the way, and we landed, and the rest of the trip was uneventful. I was sorely tempted to call the tower manager and let him know that one of of his staff was doing this, Um, but I ultimately decided not to because it turns out our tower manager's retiring, uh, this month. And so didn't want to wreck his day. <laughs> um, super nice of you. Yeah. Just try it. <laughs> Other than that upcoming events. Um, well, I'm going to come down to Phoenix, uh, and visit you, but that'll Yay. probably, I'll probably be there and gone by the time this hits the feed. Mm-hmm. Um, cause there's, there's another episode before it that hasn't hit the feed yet. Um, and, uh, then uh, the rest of the summer, I'm going. I've got trips planned to go to South Dakota, uh, to Wisconsin for Oshkosh, to Michigan, uh, and probably at least one or two trips uh, around Minnesota uh, to go camping and to visit other friends and, and that kind of stuff. So, so lots of general aviation kinds of things uh, are in the pipeline. Are you saying and, you're you're flying down here not commercially? No, 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 no. I'm actually gonna. I looked at flying not commercially. Okay. Um, but it was about fifteen hundred dollars cheaper for me to take the mailing tube. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, as much fun as that would be, and I would like to get down there at some point. Um, I think I think it won't be this. It won't be two weeks from now. It'll be. It'll come. It'll come. Probably come down there sometime when it's when it's warm and not hot, and when it's cold up here. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You know. Because I, I don't know, I, I posted a picture on Facebook the other day of Aiden standing on a pile of snow. Yeah, just the other day. Yeah. <laughs> or it might have been yesterday. Uh, uh, it was Monday. Oh, okay. Uh, Memorial Day for, for, for those <clears throat> of you listening in. What? 
<laughs> yep. It's really? It's that time of year. God, how do you live there? <laughs> it was... I mean, don't get me wrong. I love snow, but it's it's May. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's actually almost June, but uh, yeah, that's crazy. Well, it was the last... We were surprised, you know, because we haven't had any snow in the yard. So it must have been from a pile of, you know, where they cleared the... A drift or something. Uh, well, where they cleared like a parking lot mm-hmm. and they just piled it all up. In right. Um, I want to say it was it, it was one of the blizzards we had a couple of years ago. Um, there was a, a bunch of people that had uh, websites on certain mountains of snow. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and and there was a couple of them that lasted till like mid to late May that were pretty impressive. But that only happens when we get like three blizzards in a row of three feet each. Hmm. Yeah. Our, our water tower is filled with ice until August. Well, wow. And then it's filled with ice in October. No, it doesn't. It takes until January or February for it to to get pretty well frozen again. You know, it's a it's a lot of mass. Oh, OK, yeah, that it does. It doesn't freeze solid. It doesn't freeze solid, but it's, it's filled with ice. Constant water running through it. But uh, well, yeah, I'm sure it, it, it take take the. Uh, Take the little filter off the end of your uh, your uh, uh, faucet, and then you get you know ice cubes running out through your uh, spigot along with ice, uh, along with water. Our cold water temperature is thirty-seven degrees. Wow. Unrefrigerated. Yeah. Not bad. <laughs> yeah, that's we have to bury them deep. Mm-hmm. It's cold here. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I want to go down there, but it's supposed to be warm there and, and like, dude, coming down like <clears throat> it's supposed to hit. Our, well, we've already had a day of a hundred, but that was like over a month ago, and we've had amazingly cool weather up until this week, and now it's supposedly Friday we'll we'll hit a hundred again, and I don't think after we hit that hundred, we'll probably won't not see a hundred again until October. Yeah, so me going flying while I'm down there is probably <clears throat> unpleasant. Uh, we'll just do it super early and uh, f- and fly north. <laughs> fly high, mm-hmm. yeah. Once we get above five, 6,000 feet, it's nice and cool. There you go. Climb, maintain, 76 degrees. That's the uh, motto. <laughs> that <Nice>. is nice. <laughs> that is nice. But it'll be a dry heat, and that will be something interesting to me as well. Yeah, well, you can get ready for it. Just open up your oven. Put your head in for a while. Same thing. It's still humid when he's at home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's probably it's probably still more humid here in my with my head in the oven. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. I did. I did. I will admit that when I did go to L.A., it was like I don't know. It was like mid 80s, and I didn't <clears> realize it. I thought it was like mid 70s. So yeah, I right. was. I was so hard pressed not to leave the office the other day and go play hooky. Um, it was, it was 600 foot overcast and rain. And I was like, Oh, you know, first of all, cause I knew if I got on, I, I could get to 3000 feet and have blue sky. And, and second, because our approach minimums to get back into crystal are 560 feet. And I would have, <laughs> I would have been able to just make it. Well, uh, you know, the fact right. that you're saying that on a day like that is just, <laughs> <laughs> for most VFR pilots. <laughs> but that's why you get the instrument rating, you know? Yeah. 
VFR on top sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, I know. It is. If you're VFR getting to the top. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then then what would you be on top of? No, you can go over top. Because I've you done go, it. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I don't recommend it. I don't. No, you it. have to have outs. Oh, yeah. Did you did you see did you listen to the what is what are the air traffic controller awards called the Charlies or the yeah the Charlies oh I haven't Charlies. Think I haven't one of them the 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 one for Texas whatever that region is southwest the southwest yeah. region he he won his Charlie for talking a VFR pilot down who got trapped over an undercast layer mm-hmm. uh, and it talk him down through like three thousand feet I heard that. Yeah, that was, was a really good, interesting. Yeah, I remember feed. hearing about that. No, I wouldn't do that. It was it was very broken, and we had big holes that we were able to go down. But for the most part, we were over top a decent layer. That'd be fun, though. That it was looked, very thin. It'd look cool. Yeah, but so, even still, over over even like a little layer, like like we had. I mean, it was so much calmer, just just popping up, and then all of a sudden, it was just smooth. Yes. Yeah, especially when there's a layer of cumulus, you get over the top of them and it's just perfect. Um, that's a yeah. really pleasant way to go. Hey, John, um, <clears throat> you didn't by chance uh, go over to D.C. to watch that uh, Arsenal of Democracy fly over, did you? <laughs> no. Dang. I get paid by the hour. Oh, I see. Uh, so, <laughs> 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 no, actually, I've been... Um, Part of the part of the reason why I should why I haven't been flying is um, you get paid by I, the hour. I, yes, oh. and I've been down a lot of hours. And we went away. We went to Cozumel in um, uh, in April, and then my wife had some stuff, so she was out of work for like a couple weeks. And then I was basically taken off for a while, and I wasn't expecting that. So um, I was significantly down an hour. So I've been like you know trying to make up a lot of hours at work, so I didn't get a chance to kind of sneak away and and go down there. Um, but I heard all about mm-hmm. it, and I saw the TFRs going up everywhere because I get all the emails telling me about all the TFRs. So, yeah, I watched some of the videos. that looked they looked like it was pretty cool. Fifi was there, and a bunch of other stuff. Yeah, yeah, no, it was definitely neat. I I, I wish I could have gone. I just I, I could. <laughs> Did you guys see that uh, that emergency landing with that uh, TBM Avenger? I did hear it happen. I haven't actually yeah. seen it yet. That was that was drama. pretty cool. Yeah, well. At the time, the guy thought he was on fire. He thought he had smoke in the engine and turned out to be like just like a pinhole in a uh, hydraulic line that was internal to the cabin that was basically atomizing or misting or something like that. Um, and he peeled off and put it on. But luckily, he was almost, you know, uh, he, uh, he was like almost straight uh, pointed at uh, whatever airport he was. Should have been. Uh, was, he landed at Reagan? Yeah. yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, because that's the one that's right down there on the river. Um, so yeah, I heard he was basically straight in for that. And I mean, being over because I think he wasn't far from the Washington Monument, if I'm correct. Yeah, he was right so, there. So yeah, that's that's like right across the road. He was right there and peeled off and went over to that uh, airport and and sat it down and and was like, jump out! Jump. He had a pilot in the back. He's like, unbuckle, jump out! I'll jump out! You know. And, and uh, he, it was, you know, he had GoPro footage in the cockpit and stuff, so you saw the whole thing go down pretty much. Um, but uh, luckily, it turned out to be um, minor uh, compared to what uh, he thought was happening there. Yeah, yeah. So, 
Yeah, I threw the. That he got it down that quick. I mean, that was. Yeah, it was. It was fortunate that uh, that he was where he was when when that happened, because you know he might have thought it was a lot worse than it was, or something, and bailed or whatever. He and the, so the video is pretty cool because after you watch the video, he kind of goes through it again, but with his dialogue, like here's what I was thinking at this time, and and uh, in retrospect, now that it's all said and done, you know, here's. You know, I, here's what I've thought about and what I would have done differently, and so forth. So I yeah. threw I threw the link uh, in the uh, show notes, uh, or I mean the uh, yep, that's in there text there. So if you want to check that out, yep, and that is in the show notes with everything else. Cool. Yeah, and you missed uh, missed um, what do you call it? The one that just happened in Florida. Um, Son of fun. <laughs> Normally, get a chance yeah. to come out here. Yeah, I, I wasn't able to all the stuff that was going on. I, I couldn't get down there this year, um, sadly. But uh, there's always next year. But I'll definitely be at Osh. So cool, that's happening. Cool, cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's been it's been a crazy. I mean, the winter and then the spring has just been nuts for me, which is why I haven't really been able to get up. Um, and, and the winter was just so. It was just tons of snow for us and it was just ridiculously cold i mean we were hitting we don't hit zero often we hit you know pretty close or zero a couple times this winter um and it's just you know brad knows about that it's just not fun to fly in anything like that or even try to and to get things um you know we don't have plugs um so we're basically the only way to preheat is propane like you can't do that no that's (laughs) horrible you i mean you you just there's a great article, I think I might have put it on the Facebook feed way back when, in November or December, about what happens to engines when they get that cold. Oh, yeah, and, I remember reading that. Yeah, and it's yeah. just, you end up with, like, negative tolerances between the pistons and the cylinders and just oh, yeah. all kinds of bad things oh, where yeah. there's metal grinding on metal. Mm. And and you know what? The, you know, stuff like the freaking uh, diamond is so hard to start anyway. Um, I think I mentioned this last episode, I, I think is the one I talked about when I went flying with my um, stepmom and I mean, you just can't get it started. <laughs> so like, I don't want to have to do it, you know, in it's just, it, it wasn't worth it. So pretty much February was a wash for me and, and half of the beginning of March and then we were going away and all that kind of stuff. So it was just, it was a bad winter and just no time to really get up and fly. Cause even on the weekends when it, when it wasn't zero degrees, it was like crazy windy or actually snowing or something like that. So it was just um, tons of times it was just a wash. And then I ended up scheduling one flight and um, I was going to take a buddy of mine up and I started looking at the weather and it it just, it was going to be perfect except it was gusting like 19. Mm. Um, And you know, at Martin state, if I'm taking off and landing from there, I, you know, 19 is high, but depending on where it is down the runway, it's not terrible mm-hmm. because there's a lot of room to work with on that on that airport. And I've done worse. I've been in the <laughs> 20s and it, and it wasn't a huge deal. Um, if it was Tipton, I might think differently because it's a much smaller airport. But this one, it's, it's a very large airport. And, you know, I, I'm comfortable there. The problem was, is I'm not comfortable enough in the diamond to do that. Um, if it was the 172, I might be more inclined to do it. Yeah. Um. 
Yeah, you gotta but, be gotta be comfortable in the uh, aircraft to start with. But I was just start. like in the diamond, and it was taking a buddy of mine up for his first flight, and I'm just like, this is not going to be fun for either of us. So, <laughs> like, I don't think we should go up today. So I ended up just canceling that flight, and then um, that was my last chance before I went away on vacation. And while I was away on vacation, my 90 day currency um, basically expired. So, um, according to the school, if I'm out of 90 day currency. I have to just go up in the pattern with an instructor for a couple of trips to check out, I guess to, you know, whatever recertify in the plane. Um, such crap. And they have to do it for each type. So if I want to fly the 172, I have to do that for 172. And if I want to fly a diamond, I have to do the same thing. With the diamond. So <laughs> basically wow. if I want to fly both planes, I have to keep currency in both. Um, that, which that's is crazy. It's I- I wish everybody would just go by what the far aim says is normal. And, uh, but you know, cause it, it's not really even, it's their policy. It's not their insurance. I bet you, because I'm pretty sure their, their insurance isn't dictating this. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I, according to their, their operating procedures, it doesn't appear to be per type, um, or per plane the way they, they have it. But <laughs> you you um, remember last year when I went I did the um um the Catalina flight that I was talking about earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy the guy says to me he goes and when you come back next year um you know you don't even have to take me you can just uh, grab the plane and go to Catalina. I'm like yeah right. <laughs> I'm thinking in L A airspace by my you know with I said I think I'll be grabbing <laughs> you anyways just because of the airspace I'd be fine taking the Archer yeah. I'd be fine taking the Archer and going to fly to Catalina had it not be through like seven different um, people's uh, airspaces and I had to talk to and didn't know which airspace I was going to bust next, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. But they were cool with me just taking the plane and because I'd been their checkout. I'm like, but it's going to be a year later. Don't you want me to have some sort of 90-day currency? Nope. I was like, nice. Yeah, see, that's the way I think it should be, especially, you know, what I like is the places where if you fly somewhere else, they'll even count that. Mm-hmm. Like it's like if I if I fly one seventy two, who cares? It's not yours, and this is why I like the open airplane model. You know, I mean, yeah, clearly, it's just, yeah, it's it's insane. So of course now, um, you know, in our pre pre podcast chatting, um, you got me thinking about going to the one next door again. Um, sounded like they had some fun airplanes. Um, Fort Meade, yeah. So Fort Meade has. So I was I was part of the Fort Meade flying activity there, but um. And and they had even more insane rules for things. If you had under 200 hours, you had to get a sign-off from instructor every time you wanted to fly. Um, even though, you know, I have a valid what? pilot certificate, but that doesn't matter. Um, yeah, it's insane. You got to get um, approval from mama each time you need to take the plane? Uh, yes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's, it's absurd. So, you know, aside from that, um, so I ended up leaving that. That's so why I went back up to, to Martin State. And plus my buddy was there um, as a flight instructor. And then he just got a job and um, he left in May. Um, so he's not even up there anymore. But um, looking at this place, it's like One World Arrow or something. And um, they have a bunch of actually on their website. It says all cicada all the time. Mm. Nice. Um, and so it's the Tampico. Tampico. I th- I was just like, wait a minute, this looks like a misspelling on their site. Yeah, um, 
Is that right, Tampico? Uh, according to their site, it's Tam Ipico. Maybe I've been. I think, they, I think they have the. I think they have the I and the uh, the P. But it's a TB nine. Um, so 160 horsepower, 100 knot. Um, looks like they have a TB 200. Oh, Tampico, it is T A M P I C O. No, see, Tampico is right. Yeah, <laughs> TB nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they have it. They have it backwards there. Yeah. Um, they have a TB 200, which is 200 horsepower. Um, and that one's got a 430 in it, which is nice. And they have the, um, the Trinidad, which is the retract. Yeah. Um, and actually it looks like I'm trying to see here. And the Trinidad's got, uh, some more horsepower even, right? Uh, yeah, it's 230, 250, 250, 155 knot. Yeah. That's nice. So mm-hmm. actually, you know, now I'm looking at this, the TB 200 has a prop. It's got a um, constant speed prop. Now that's interesting. Because I've never flown one of those. Yeah. And their rates aren't bad. So their rates are pretty. Um, uh, you know, I was paying buck uh, 25, buck 30 for the um, diamond. And I was paying uh, 145.50, which I think is now 150 an hour for the 172. And looking at this. Ouch. The TB9 is 127.50 and the TB200 is 150. So it's about the same rate. And if you go over two hours each month, you get 10% off automatically. So it's 114.50 for the TB9 and 135.50 for the TB200. Mm. That's not bad. So I might have. Oh, and apparently, if you receive incremental permanent $2.50 discounts on your aircraft rental rate every time you complete a rating or log 100 hours. Nice. So for every 100 hours, I guess you rent from them, you get an extra $2.50 off. That's pretty cool. <clears throat> I know when, uh, when Franz flies the Mooney uh, specifically for work. Um, he charges the work, uh, he charges his company 200 bucks an hour for the Mooney. He thinks the true cost is, is right close to there. Maybe 190. Sounds, that sounds about with, right for with, me. with fuel. Yeah, of I'm course. Sure. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, this isn't bad. So I'm, I'm, I might have to shoot them a message. Um, it might be after Osh that I get back up, but even still, I mean, I don't know. There's always a chance that I might be able to get up before that if it's that cheap. So I don't know. We'll see. So now, now that y'all got me thinking, I might be looking at this. And get back up there. <laughs> you know, I haven't, I haven't flown since January, man. It's <clears throat> me. December 28th here. Yeah, January 15th. It's disgusting. We call ourselves pilots. Jeez, yeah, we, I was feeling bad that I hadn't flown in May. We don't even deserve yeah. to call ourselves pilots. No, we it, don't. And then, then you start talking about currency and BFRs and this and that. So now I had, I grabbed my logbook and I was looking. I was like, my medical is uh, is um, expires at the end of the month. Uh, I had my medical May tenth, two thousand ten. I was thirty nine at the time. So there's my uh, got my five years worth out of that. Uh, but my uh, BFR. It was October, so I still got a still got a few months on that one. Yeah, see, I'm coming up this October. I got to get my BFR. So I'm debating on um, just uh, 
doing uh doing one of the open airplane checkouts around the area. They they're just not a Fort Meade, which kind of sucks. But so far, they've only got uh, one uh, in the Phoenix area at Scottsdale. They've got uh, a place there, but uh, I don't know um, if there was a, some more locations around Arizona. I'd probably think about doing that a little a little bit more. The only thing that that it doesn't bug me about it because I understand it. It's just the money thing is is doing it every year. That's the only thing that gets me. So yeah, I mean that makes sense. That doesn't bother me as much. Um, I don't travel a whole lot, so if there's not a lot around me, it's kind of like um, it's tough to justify it. Mm-hmm. If I was flying more too, I I just need to get back into the rhythm and really try to go for that once a month again. You know, you know, like you were talking about, like some of those other um, um, places you're renting from, and they want you, you know, a note from mommy each time you want to fly the plane, and this and that. And um, but if you're at a place that is signed up with Open Airplane, you're current with Open Airplane. They have a plane that fits your category. All of that's out the window, right? It just yeah, you just this, book it. This plane's available. I want it this day. I'm gonna go get it, and I don't care that. You know, I haven't flown it in, in six months. Yeah, exactly. They there's a the FBO in in the Twin Cities that's doing it. Um, they actually even have a Cirrus uh, SR20 that's that's on the line, and and their procedure is yeah, just show up, grab the tin, go. Yeah, you man, know, the, he's he's that's got, how it should be. He's got a ton of Cirrus in that group now. Well, that whole partnership, yeah, and that is awesome. I am. Um, Man, if I had a little more money and could afford to fly that all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Cirrus rental, the SR20 rental is 200 an hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's just for the 20, not even 22. Right. And I don't know. It strikes me as a lot, but. Yeah. It's pretty. I can it's, I fly a Mooney for a buck 30. Yeah. Mm. Nice. Yeah, but then again, the Moonies have been around for significantly longer. So you've had a lot more time for the cost of those planes to come down. Yeah, this is a 2006 airplane, and you know, yada yada yada. But with all the whiz bang Avidine system in it, and yeah, it's got it's got an Avidine. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah, Because yep. I even uh, I even tried to price out. You know, what would it cost for me to get checked out in a Cirrus and fly that to Osh? Because <laughs> yeah, that'd of, be cheap. Well, well, no, because when you you you, you know you, you can go direct out. over the lake. Well, well, you can also yeah. factor in the fact that you've got a significant reduction in time to get there. Oh, by a bunch. Uh, and, and so realistically from the rental weights I was looking at, it basically evened out. Really? But yeah. You need to get a high performance and you need to get. So, yeah. So it would take a lot more training for me to do that, but the, the actual cost to get there is about the same. Wouldn't need the complex, just the high performance. Because it doesn't have retracts. But, wait, wait, wait. Well, it would be a con- c- constant speed and flaps. And um, retractable gear. No, it doesn't have retracts. Or, so I know, but fade the complex, or something isn't the, the other complex one. Requires a, yeah. com- complex requires retractable gear. Yeah, so it, you wouldn't need the complex. Correct. Yeah. <clears throat> no, but I would need the high performance. And, yeah. Um, that should be the only one, actually. And then whatever like ridiculous amount of hours I would need to actually get checked out on it. Because I'm sure it's 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 all it's all decent process to get checked out on one of those. Oh, I'm sure. But you could fly over the <laughs> lake. Yeah. 
Well, I could fly over the lake in anything. <laughs> yeah. He, he, can I mean, fly, he, he flies over the ocean all the time. I mean, hell, if a guy strapped to a bunch of balloons can do it. Oh, yeah. No problem. It's just a matter of how crazy are you to actually do it. Exactly right. Exactly right. Yeah, things can go wrong. Know, the engine lake. doesn't know any different. Mm-mm. It don't know there's a lake there. It doesn't know that there's a lake that it crashed into either. Yeah. <laughs> um, the lake to actually going direct over the lake though doesn't save too much time. That one guy Probably thought he. Thought he from you. That one guy thought he was going to go direct over the lake on his way to Hawaii. That didn't work out too well. <laughs> Luckily, that was actually a legit fault. problem. No, no. <laughs> he still had fuel. Yeah. Of it too. That's the bummer. That's the bummer. Couldn't get it to the engine. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Well, guys, we've been uh, at this. Uh, I don't know how long we've been recording, but we've been um, jibber jabber here you. for a couple hours. An hour and thirty minutes. Uh, all right. Well, which means this episode is going to be about a buck twenty, so it's about right. So, okay. well, on that note, uh, anyone uh, have anything else? Uh, Shout outs to jump in there with. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Man, I don't. I don't even think I have any. I haven't thought about that. To be fair, it's just been it's been nuts for me. So um, I'm just looking to get back up the air. Um, the only shout out I, I think I can really say is um, Tim for you know um, I don't have to beat him up now because he uh, he got out of out of Brett before my BFR, which is what he said. He said I could punch him if he was still there. <laughs> so uh, congrats to him for um, for getting a job with um, some regional airline, and he doesn't have to move, which is kind of nice. So <laughs> um, you know that's awesome. He got his hours and. Uh, He's uh he's working his way up the the chain. So cool. That's pretty awesome. I've got a uh, quick shout out to a buddy of mine, Mike. Uh something I hadn't brought up yet, but uh Mike calls me the other day. I'm uh, I'm at I'm driving to the airport uh you know, Phoenix Sky Harbor to pick up my mom. She was coming in town for my daughter's uh graduation. So I'm at the airport uh, getting ready to pick up my mom. I get a buddy a call from my buddy Mike. And, and, uh, he, he's a nurse like my wife and, uh, um, he, um, also is in the, uh, what is it? The Navy reserves, but he resides out of, uh, Sky or Luke air force base. So he's a Navy reservist as a nurse, but works out of Luke air force base. And, uh, ever since he got there, I was like, dude, you got to get me into the F-16 sim. He's like, yeah, right. Well, he calls me the other day. He goes, dude. I'm your favorite person right now. I was like, what? He's like, we're in the sim. I was like, no way. So he's going to get us into the F-16 sim. So as soon as I get, I told him, I said, well, (laughs) as soon as my daughter gets graduated next week, I'm free any day. You just let me know. I'm sure I have that day off. (laughs) Hey, I'm in town late next week. That's right. Uh, Well, here's the funny thing. He said, uh, his, so the person that he had met at Luke was like, hey, you want to go fly in the sim? He goes, I would like to, but he goes, I would actually just like to give that to a friend of mine if I can, because he's always wanted to go. As soon as I got started working here, he asked me if he could go. So could he go in my place? He goes, no, you both can go. And I'll set you up and you guys can dogfight head to head, get the missiles, the whole bit. I'm like going, yes. Nice. <laughs> so... Hopefully that'll be on the next podcast. We get to talk about that. So shout out to Mike for that one. Before I... What you got to do is bring your logbook and log it. Oh, yes. That's coming with me for sure. 
And I hope, I don't know if they'll let me, you know, me with photography and video and whatnot. I wonder if they'll let me do any of that, but I'll ask ahead of time. Yeah, I'm sure not. (laughs) So, because I haven't seen anybody else that I know has any kind of uh, sim time like that, have any video of it. But I'll ask anyways, but I'm sure it'll be a no. So, Brad? Uh, Two shout outs. One is to Warren McVeigh, uh, the aforementioned tower manager at Crystal, who um, is hanging up his his cleats uh, this month. And uh, just wanted to thank him for for running a really tight ship and uh, doing just a great job uh, keeping keeping that tower safe and functioning well and efficient and and all that good stuff. Uh, Good on you, Warren. And the other is to uh, Drew Greider, who we've mentioned a couple times. He uh, he did the Uber solo on his 16th birthday. He soloed, what was it, ASEL, AMEL, um, and I think at least one more. And then on his 17th birthday, Drew got his ASEL, private ASEL, his private AMEL. I think he did a twin um, too, didn't he? Yeah, it, it, multi-engine land, and then he got his Learjet SIC type rating uh, on his 17th birthday. So now he's graduated high school. He's 18. Um, lookout world. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's amazing and so envious at the same time. <laughs> yeah, he's got way more hours than all of us. <laughs> <laughs> I think he might have glider in there, too. Yes, I think Glider was in there probably earlier. Probably, yeah. So that was it for me. All right. I'd say uh, that's uh, that's another one in the can then. I would agree with that. How do we reach each how – do, how do people reach us, John? That's a good question. Does anybody remember? <laughs> it's been a while. Do we know where we can – are we still online? <laughs> <laughs> let me let me check to see if our website still works. Hold on. W. It's okay. I did I did earlier today. It's it's still up. There it is. There it is. I know. And people have even been downloading episodes. It's crazy. Well, both our listeners. Thank you for that. Both of them. <laughs> no, but uh, you know what? I tell you what. Let's uh, ping ponging us back. And uh, Chris, where can we find you online? Uh, feel free to uh, shoot me an email at chris at inthepatternpodcast.com. Uh, most of the time, you can find me on Twitter at uh, at Cholabaz. That's C H O L U B A Z, as well as uh, uh, you know Chris Holub on Facebook and whatnot. And Brad, how about you? You can reach me at Brad at inthepatternpodcast dot com on Twitter at Brad Kane and on the Facebook as well. Uh, and Kane, for those of you who haven't figured out, is Kilo Oscar Echo Hotel November. All right. And for me, you can find me at John at in the pattern podcast.com. I'm on Twitter at Pilot Conway, Facebook, John L. Conway. I might pick that out. I don't even remember what my Facebook is. It doesn't matter. Um, I, I'm also, uh, you know, I can be found on youtube.com slash flyopa editing there. Uh, occasionally um we'll have plenty more coming out on um uh, at oshkosh both here and on um that as well 
So for the entire podcast, you can reach all of us at podcast at in the pattern podcast.com or us on Twitter as in the pattern, or you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash in the pattern podcast. Uh, show notes for this episode and other episodes can also be found on our website at www.inthepatternpodcast.com, which we have confirmed here live that still exists. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> Is it and, live and if swear, you're recording it? And we swear, you know what? It's it's live. It Whenever li- this is, comes out, it's live. Just pretend this was live. It was, it was live recorded one, when once. you hear it, and it's not late at all. I'm waving my hands. <laughs> it's I swear. Um, and hopefully by the time you listen to this, uh, there will be more on the feed. Um, and one more time, quick quick uh, um, thanks to uh, Matt Dearden, uh, uh, also known as uh, Indio Pilot on uh, Twitter, for coming online with us real quick and uh, telling us what he's doing over there in uh, Indonesia. It's amazing. And I, I just I have to I have to do this. It's at Indo Pilot. Indo. Thank sorry. you. <laughs> it's it's in the show notes Indo. correctly linked, uh, but it's Indo Pilot. Yes. But yeah, um, thanks for thanks for coming on. That was uh, that was awesome. And um, uh, you'll, there's a whole bunch of links in the show notes um, from that as well. So if anybody has uh, wants to check out his um, Twitter page or also um, those episodes, I also have a link on there to the Discovery Channel page. So that's available. Um, so with that, um, let's go ahead and wrap this up so I can get to editing. Um, and this is episode 54 of the End the Pattern podcast. And we are climbing up there very, very slowly. But I hear that pretty soon we might surpass, uh, what is it? Pilot's Journey podcast. I, I see people on Twitter all the time keep mentioning that. So, <laughs> um, I think if only we could get them out the door. I know. If only we could. They, they, um, they're, they're at fifty-four right now too. Oh wow! We all got right. we got them on we the next it. episode. We got it. We can do it. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to get to editing right now. Yeah. Um, as soon as this is done, so we can get uh, we can get fifty-three out the door. All right. Um, but we'd like to thank y'all for listening and bearing with our long periods of, um, kind of not getting stuff out the door. We promise more is coming and more will definitely be coming soon, especially as we go to Osh and get into the summer flying season and get out of this crazy winter that we've all dealt with. That was been pretty terrible. So, um, with that, let's go ahead and wrap this up and remember make left traffic. You're cleared for the option. this and other great shows at the Aviation Media Network. The Voices in Your Head.com